Hey, you're drinking house coffee, unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. What have I been listening to? Well, kind of re upping on some of these same AI podcasts. Yeah. The ones I enjoyed or found the most helpful. Um, listen to a couple Dateline. Really? Uh, podcasts. Yeah. It's true crime. True crime stuff. Wow. Dateline. Yeah. Dateline NBC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm familiar. <laughs> just, just surprised me. Um, I, yeah. Well, there's, I don't know. I have it was subscribed and there was a new one and I mm-hmm. was do. I find that when I'm doing work, like, um, if I'm like working around the shop or I'm doing food prep or something like that, that's, or I'm doing dishes. That's when I can sometimes I just crave a little, yeah. little true crime right in, in that yeah. moment for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. So, um, I was on that kick the last because it's uh, mindless. It's night. like not mindless, but it's like entertaining. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> it's entertaining, dude. I don't know. True crime is so interesting. I like that kind of stuff when I'm folding laundry. I'm just like, how can you? How can you kill a person? You know what I mean? I just that's. I think that's the one. That's the thing that gets me whenever I'm listening to true crime. I'm like, how can you do it? You know, mm-hmm. I don't. And like, why? Yeah. How can someone do that? It's just, I'm just always left with that question. Yeah. And it's like, how can you be so insensitive? Right. You know? Oh, am I coming up on a great transition to AI? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. How can you be so robotic? How can you have so little like human um, connection Mm -hmm. about you? You know? Anyway, those are the questions I'm looking for. We could ask ChatGPT about it. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be fun. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing real specific. That's just a whole dateline. Cool. Little, um, I, I will shout out. I'll talk more about it as we have our conversation today, but I will shout out the um, the Management Lab. That is the podcast that I found the most like directly speaking to this converse, this thing of of artificial intelligence and they did several different episodes on on different things and the first one that kind of got it all sparked for me was their one on algorithmic aversion which i think will feature heavily oh, wait a minute i've already listened to that one of those episodes yeah you listen to that one yeah and then they did another one that was specifically on generative ai and kind of honed in on chat gpt but then i even heard a third episode last night that was a little bit more about like the um, just more of wrestling with, you know, what is it going to be our our relationship to AI moving Mm -hmm. forward? So that kind of, go ahead. Well, was that podcast on the list that? No. The third one? Yeah. That I just mentioned? Yeah. No, I didn't even realize they had a third one on it. It just came up next on my listening as I was, it auto-played. Mm-hmm. Um, they have other, ep- they have, they've, they started this podcast, I think earlier this year It's these two professors. One is based in Sydney. Mm-hmm. One is based at Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, they both have yeah. varied backgrounds of learning and academia, but they have kind of come around toward 
business and mm-hmm. or financials, maybe in marketing and stuff. So they just like tie all of these cool things together. They also speak yeah. like professors. Yeah. <laughs> They're they not do. they they, they yeah. explain things well though. Like they explain it for a general audience, even though they use words or they use they use words like tautological and just philosophical like kind of words that, you know, speak to my soul. Yes. <laughs> um from when I was studying that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. So uh so it's it's pretty it's pretty fun to listen to. Uh, and informative. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Cool. Nice. Oh, what I was going to say is they have other episodes on other things. Gotcha. Because of their broader context of like, we want to help managers or people in organizational um, structures function, understand the, mm-hmm. understand like the culture of those things or understand like the atmosphere and, and then bring it to uh, mm-hmm. to bear on their work. So there's, they have a lot of takeaways and things. So I haven't listened to other episodes on other stuff because I was trying to find what's very relevant to gotcha. what we're doing. But so, there's, they, yeah, they have more going on. So that sounds like an interesting podcast that I could learn other things from. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. We got a piece of mail. Yeah. From Kurt. Shout out, Kurt. I'm not going to read the whole thing. He he wrote us a couple paragraphs. The first one was just um, mentioning about how he's a lifelong practitioner of thrifting. And he was appreciating our conversation on mm-hmm. all of that. He did say he enjoyed the riff about how the... St- about how storied the lives are of the objects we acquire secondhand. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that was my riff. So um, thanks, Kurt. <laughs> uh, okay. But then he also commented on the AI conversation that we began last week and will continue today. And I found this interesting because this was really in line with the two professors I'm listening yeah. to the podcast on. So he says, because Kurt, we've probably referenced him before. He's a professor um, in central New York area, but he kind of goes between there and like Albany a lot slash loves storied and has made that kind of a, a place to hang out. I think he has family in this area anyway, given all cursed personal details, but anyway, as far, <laughs> um, so he's thinking about all of this from like an, like a writing in English perspective, yes. like a professor's, Perspective. So he says, as far as AI goes, it's the single most talked about thing in all circles of academia right now. And the opinions run the gamut from damnation to salvation and all stops between. Writing and humanities educators, of which I am one, are particularly stirred up on account of AI's ability to generate academic prose that is pretty hard to distinguish from human-generated writing. It's unclear what its impact is going to be, but it's agreed upon by most. It's a game changer on a level we may never have seen before. I thought that was an interesting line because in the episode that I listened to that you didn't listen to from the management lab, mm-hmm. the third one on AI, they talked just they talked exactly about this, um, about how the circles they're running in in academia, it's kind of all the buzz, and they were talking about this very thing, like what is as Kurt put it, a game changer on a level we may have never seen before. And those other guys, they talk about how like we've had, we've had revolutions 
you know, the industrial revolution, the technological, like we've had these different revolutions over time and how is, is this one maybe like on another level <laughs> of yeah. revolution, you know? Uh, and then Time he, will tell. he shouts out a, um, I think a podcast episode. AI as a mass extinction event for dead ideas in teaching and learning. Hmm. That is the episode. That's the title of a podcast. I presume it's a podcast episode from Columbia University Center for Teaching and Learning. So thanks, nice. Kurt. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the open question. Yeah. Not to jump right in, but to jump right in. AI's ability to generate academic prose that is pretty hard to distinguish mm -hmm. from human-generated writing. I mean, we kind of talked about that last week. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's hard. Like, okay, so one of the episodes I sent you was the Best Friend Energy. Yes. Episode. Yeah. Where they... They said, are we out of a job? <laughs> yes, because they did like a, they had chat, they did a prompt with ChatGPT to, to say, create a conversation in Clea and Joanna's voice. And then like they read the conversation of their specific parts mm -hmm. and they were saying how scarily like their AI personality a script was to themselves. Okay, but what did you think about it? So you heard them read it. You heard the language. Yeah. You know those two in mm -hmm. terms of their voice and their style, writing, speaking. What did you think when you heard that that AI generated content in the style of Clea so and Joanna? When I was listening to it, I actually like it didn't really surprise me too much because there is a ton of content out there that is written in their voices and their voices like they're on YouTube, they're on Netflix, they're on the internet, they're on Instagram. They are you know all over the place in terms of like it's not difficult to find content about Clea and Joanna. Mhm. Mm so I would think I would be more scared or like more impressed if it was like like a no name person or people that like you don't you wouldn't really know with I don't like less know. information out there. I think I don't know if you're interpreting my question. My question is, what did you think of the quality of it? Oh. Oh, the quality. Because of what it. you're I think what you're saying is you're not impressed that it was able to yes. come up with this yes. because there's the way AI works is it sort of synthesizes um, generative AI, like like Chat, like ChatGPT. It synthesizes like a, a set of data. Mm -hmm. um, you might call it the whole internet <laughs> up yeah. to a certain point, a uh, certain point in time, and it synthesizes stuff out there very quickly, and then pulls it all together and gives you this this content. Yes. Yeah, so and can so I you're can saying, I pause you for a second? Sure. I actually have a great definition from. The AI marketing made simple. She she summarized it really well. Generative AI is basically think of it as your personal digital assistant who loves to create 
And it's the type of artificial intelligence that uses machine learning and algorithms to generate new original content from scratch. That's her definition so, yeah. of generative AI. Mm -hmm. So, And that's handy. You kind of, you, you have to know a little bit like what machine learning is, and I'm not equipped to say that, but I think it's that concept of combing through all that data and then yes. pulling it together. So, so you wanted to add? No, that's all. That's all. I just wanted to interrupt you to say that. <laughs> so what you were, you were describing kind of how that process would, would, would work a little bit with Clea and Joanna because there's, there's so much out there. And that's, so that's a great example though of how AI would work because it's got so much to draw on and then it can put that out there. But what I'm really asking you is how, like, how did it hit you? Did it sound natural enough? Did it sound human enough? Did it sound fake or awkward or, you know, they were really impressed with they it. They were really impressed with it. I think it sounded to you. How did it to sound me, to it you? It sounded, it just, it's tough because I knew it was AI. So I was listening to it with the, like the AI filter. So <laughs> okay. I, I almost wish that they like, maybe like said the conversation and then we're like, Oh, by the way, this was generated by AI because I already had that preconceived, yeah. um, um, AI like, Oh, this was AI generated. But had I not knowing what I know, I still think that the conversation was pretty, was pretty, I want to say spot on, but it was, it was interesting to hear an, like, cause they do have very different voices and very, mm -hmm. they have two di very different way of speaking. And like AI was able to match the tone and language of Joanna and match the tone and language of Clea in a way that they speak in real life. Yeah. thought that, I, I thought that was interesting and, yeah. and unique, cool. but it I'm, wasn't, it didn't surprise me. I don't know if that's. No, I'm not surprised at what AI Okay. What ChatGPT can do. It's designed to do that. Yeah. Where I have struggled, and I spoke to this last time, <laughs> I've struggled with how unnatural it can sound at times. And I think mm -hmm. that that's an yes. important thing to to clue into and and bring around for today. So, all right, for today, last week we... we we introduced the topic of artificial intelligence, not because we're particularly like involved with it. Neither of us is, is particularly using it in depth in our businesses. I'm actually not using it at all. I've just you said run last up against week that it. You are against using it in your business for social media. I at Story Coffee had a. I felt like I had a poor experience. I'm yeah. I'm not inherently against it. <laughs> But I felt like I had a poor experience with it in line with the poor experiences that I think a lot of people have with AI generated content, but you, but you have more specific uses for it that you spoke to. Yeah. And that's good. So I'm trying to say, we're not into this. We're not talking about this because we're like so invested in it. We're talking about it because it's kind of, because everyone's talking about it in one sense, but also I wanted to it's something that it, because everyone's talking about it and because it could have potential benefit for our businesses or our friends listening, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it's worth bringing out there a little bit more and looking more deeply at it because without forcing myself to kind of look at it 
as a result of having a conversation, I would maybe just be the kind of person to dismiss it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and try to just go my separate mm-hmm. go our separate ways, me and AI. And lean more on human interaction. Yeah. Yeah, lean more on human interaction because that's what I'm uh inclined to do. Yes. <laughs> um but uh, you know, I think I don't know, it's like a love, it's like a love it or hate it kind of thing. And and I think somebody compared it to like Facebook. I think JJ in one of the marketing made simple podcasts okay. compared it to like Facebook, right? Anything that's new yeah. is something that we might be averse to at first. You know, we we fear first is kind of the way I wrote that down as a note for myself. We tend to fear things that are unknown. This is, and this is very human of us, right? We tend to fear the unknown and try to just go with what we know. And AI is like this, kind of, I don't know, it can be a scary thing maybe. It's like this unknown entity is coming for our humanity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like on so many levels and it's in it's into everything. That's another thing that's so interesting about Right. Artificial intelligence is like you never know where it's going to crop up. It's cropping up in the way we write prose. It's cropping up in the way we understand financials, business health, advertising that's directed toward us. We talked about it on our GPS apps. You know, it's it's kind of in everything and you wouldn't even know. I thought about this. Like I hate when I get on a website and I try to like chat on there and all I'm getting are, are auto generated responses, mm-hmm. chat bots that have no option of connecting to a, a person who can actually answer my real mm-hmm. questions, you know, my nuanced questions. Mm-hmm. All they have are these, these AI bots that like are meant to give you pre existing articles on your issue. And I'm frustrated with those kinds of experiences. I'm like, I'm like, dude. So AI is like, it's kind of everywhere. You can't really avoid it. Yeah. And I would love to be the kind of person who could just live under a rock and avoid that kind of thing. Well, Rich, that makes sense because you are in a very human to human type of business. And so am I. Yeah. Like your business is all about human interaction. I mean, we are going back to, like, I remember one of our earlier episodes, like, when you were talking about why you created Storied in the first place is because, like, you wanted to be different than some of the other coffee places that didn't have that, like, personal connection to people. And, like, that's, that is one of the core reasons and one of your core values of storied coffee is like asking people their names and getting going to a point to get to know them and like recognizing them when they come in and like building that human connection with people, which we can't get from an algorithm. Like if someone's going to be getting a coffee from their favorite coffee shop, like they're they're not there's no way they're going to be able to do that like without a human interaction and at least not yet yeah you know <laughs> I mean, I, we do know there are bigger companies in. with apps where you can generate your order and then it's just there for pickup when you're ready 
I'm not talking about that, but like the whole, so I'm not surprised to hear you say that, like, you know, that you, you prefer more of a human interaction. I do too. And I think, I think that goes to the point of this article is like, most people prefer a human interaction than than a commu- computer algorithm. Yeah. Um, there, there was a study done. Well, the whole episode is called algorithmic aversion. Yeah. And we should we you know shouting them out. They were on the Management Lab podcast. It's their very first episode, and the they talk about the study. Um, for which showed that when an algorithm made an error, people were more reluctant to want to use that algorithm than over when a human error was made, they still preferred the human. And um, even as the algorithm became more accurate throughout the study, participants chose to side with the human predictors. I don't really know much about the study. They didn't really go too deep into the study but basically it was a i think it was a study done at mit and you can correct me if i'm wrong um i don't know either they they do they they name like they reference the they cite the studies but mm -hmm. what they're mostly doing on these episodes is talking about the like the findings yeah and analyzing the findings a little bit and he said people expect other humans to make a mistake they don't expect algorithms to make a mistake or they're less forgiving when an algorithm makes a mistake. And I found that to be interesting because that's the case for me. I'm like, Oh, I I don't know. You kind of, you have more, you have more of a leeway or forgiveness with a human when they make a mistake than you do with an algorithm. Yet the algorithm was created by a human. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I think, that's that's definitely an interesting an interesting uh dynamic um I, i'm kind of thinking through like the different paths we can take when we as as we talk about this all this stuff and i think we've i think i've said it a lot of different ways and so you know if i were outlining a conversation about ai i think this is how i would do it i would say like i'm really intrigued by the fact that I love that these guys use this language of algorithmic aversion Mm -hmm. because I think that is really core to the conversation about AI from top to bottom, no matter what realm you're looking at it in. I think that because it's new, because it's unknown, but also because of the, 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 the dynamics of what we're talking about, there's this, there's this like, fearfulness or just reticence (laughs) shout out to reticence as a word um (laughs) throwback there is this like just keep it at arm's length if i can kind of approach to ai until i don't know we understand it better and i love that that's true and what those guys are doing what you're kind of getting at is like everything points to the that thing that that everything points to we still prefer humanity so again if i'm outlining that conversation i'm saying hey isn't it interesting that we're all actually kind of averse to this idea of these robots doing all of our work for us and then we say yeah (laughs) that is interesting um because don't we prefer human touch and connection and like 
when I say human touch, I mean like literally being connected and then also like the human touch to our work. And uh, turns out we do as we study that. And then where we need to go from there is like, okay, so how do we coexist with these robots, you know? And I think we talked on all of those points a little bit last week. So for the rest of today, well, just, I think that's my outline a little bit of just as, as of how I think about all of these things. Um, so I think we'll just keep exploring that a little bit if okay. you don't mind. And then kind of at the end, see what, I don't know, like the, what's the redemptive quality? It's like, it's kind of where I needed to go. It's I'm like, if I'm so averse to this, if people are averse to this, why are we entertaining this idea? Do we really need to keep building these things out? And then ultimately it's like, well, yeah, because it's actually going to be probably kind of helpful and it's not going anywhere because we've kind of opened the, as somebody put it, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. (laughs) So it's like, okay, how do we, how do we redeem this whole thing? You know? So that's kind of my like Mm -hmm. thought outline as I enter. I'm writing notes. Yeah, that's fine. As I enter into any of these episodes talking about AI from any perspective, I'm like, all right, isn't it an interesting thread that all these different people looking at it from the marketing standpoint, from the business standpoint, whatever, it's like, hey, we still want that human touch. And at the end of all these conversations that I've been listening to, everyone is still like, you got to maintain that human element and leave, yeah. leave an open door for that. And in fact, um, one of the... One of the specific conversations I was listening to was from another podcast called um, Marketing Made Simple, yep. which is a podcast by StoryBrand, which is like a Donald Miller thing um, related to marketing. And maybe I've talked about it in the past. I'm not sure, but uh, it's a cool approach to marketing. Check it out if you want. But they have this podcast that is pretty easy listening, highly practical Um, but on this one episode, they said is AI friend or foe. Mm -hmm. So very much that same kind of, kind of question, kind of vibe. And they were doing all the same things, talking about how to redeem, (laughs) how to use, how to view AI and how to kind of redeem it in the marketing realm. And we spoke last week about Jen, Mm -hmm. well, we, we read her, uh, her mail, and she noted at the end, she's a freelance writer. You know, she's a little like, I forget the word she used, but just, she, you know, mm-hmm. a little anxious about what, what is all, what does mm-hmm. this mean for her? And I think a lot of people are asking themselves that question. And this particular episode of the Marketing Made Simple podcast did a great job speaking to that fear of particular people who are in marketing, who are in mm-hmm. freelance writing and who work with other people whose livelihoods depend on people hiring them to yeah. generate content, right? So someone... I mean, gonna, yeah, you could argue that my staging business could be threatened by digital staging and yet a couple episodes, yeah, right. I shouted out Box Brownie, which is a digital or AI version of staging. Yeah. But I know that that doesn't take the place of being in an actual room with beds, with tables, with couches. So like I personally don't feel like my staging business is being threatened by AI and other companies who offer like digital ser- digital staging options. But that could be a good example of like a job being threatened yeah. and this whole idea of is AI a friend or foe? And 
you may not like this answer and but like I don't it's not that black and white to me I'm not I think there's a lot of gray area I'm operating in a very gray area yeah I don't with, know if with I disagree that. with that notion I, I in all areas of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I feel that <laughs> I don't think this is clear cut at all at this point in time it i think i think it might be easy to look on the surface like it's like it's clear cut mm -hmm. right because until you start looking at it and start poking holes in it and realize how flawed the whole thing still is you know until you get close enough to see all the all the cracks in, in yeah. it, you can't you can maybe come away with the sense that like, oh no, this stuff's coming for me. It's so powerful. It's mm -hmm. taking over everything, right? But it's like, no, dude, you got to look at this thing. It's, it's, you know, connected. It connected my hand to my the bottom of my leg. Okay, <laughs> in that so photo. let's go with the argument that it is AI is coming for you, and AI is taking, you know, place of like a lot of human jobs. Okay. Which don't get us wrong. It pr it probably is. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I know, that's you know, why I'm we didn't, this, this, like, I'm less uh, in touch with that data to like, where are the places where this stuff is so successful? It's booted people out of actual jobs. I know, I'm sure that's happened and probably a lot in the tech space and whatever. And so that is not something I can speak to, but yeah. Go on. So, okay. Let's, let's again, take that argument that it is okay. And not to be like harsh, but. So what? <laughs> I mean, wow. So what? It's that's the reality of the life we're living in. That's that's what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't matter if it's friend or foe. It's like that's the reality of of this life. <laughs> like things evolve and change. Like how many jobs were replaced by like evolving technologies? In our, over our history. Exactly. Like we can just take simple journalism, for example, like going off like the writers, like newspapers, radio, television, YouTube. I mean, I'm not going to go into it, but I do, I, I have a friend, I have a couple friends who are in journalism and in, in local news and, um, it's really tough to keep a journalist at a job right now because it is the hours are hard. You have to wake up early to be on site. It's unpredictable. So, okay, I'm, again, I might be going off on a little tangent, but just no, like, please. just pay attention for a second. Oh, please. A Maggie tangent. Wow. So, like, <laughs> okay, like, do you really want to wake up at 3 a.m. and chase a story for like no money? You know? And you're locked into a contract and you have, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not talking about a specific news mm -hmm. organization. I'm talking about like that career, the, that kind of career, which is where, what I'm familiar with because right. that's what I studied in school. Right. That's where I first got a job when I first graduated. So I am speaking of this topic with a little bit of experience, although I haven't been in that world for a few years. But I, but my friends who are still in that world, like it's a grind and you have to, and there are several, even in our own market in, in the capital region of upstate New York, there, I know of several 
journalists and reporters who have just completely gotten out of that industry altogether because of how difficult the grind is and because of the changing times. But they are finding ways to evolve their careers by creating a social media platform. I I mean, if you want to think about AI in terms of extremes, I think that's how people tend to view a lot of things generally in life is through extremes. Like you're either totally adverse to it and you're going to avoid it and not even even think about it. Yet you still use Amazon, you still use Google Maps, you still use Spotify, you still use like all these other things, which have AI in them. Or you can be like the opposite side of the extreme and be creating like fake content using like AI generated images and you can create a whole blog tomorrow of content that you didn't have a single piece of written information that you did yourself. So that's why I say I operate in the gray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're somewhere in between there. Yeah. Because I don't look at AI as a, a friend or a foe. I look at it as a tool, just like all these other evolving means of technology and social media. Yeah. Well, I think that's a healthy perspective to have for what it's worth me saying. Like, I mean, even in, sorry to interrupt you. No, go ahead. Um, even in the real estate industry, a couple of years ago, my uh, broker introduced this um, digital platform, which if you're not fam- just like a, the two second version of the way real estate leads work, like if a real estate agent, there's many ways that a real estate agent can generate quote unquote leads. They could pay for zip codes on Zillow or realtor.com. And like anybody in that zip code that searches for a home, Zillow will send them that lead. And then, um, there's like, I know Dave Ramsey has like a whole real estate leads, um, you know, you pay Dave Ramsey for leads. Um, there's all sorts of programs and things out there where they're like, we'll send you real estate leads or whatever. Well, uh, a couple of years ago, my broker tested out this leads platform where there was a digital assistant that was attached to these leads. And this digital assistant would text and email people as your assistant. So a lead would come in, let's say like they saw a listing on the internet and they clicked on the lead and it brought them to this like funnel site and a funnel of, you know, leads funnel Mm -hmm. is what I'm referring to. And the person interested in seeing the house, like they want to see the property. So they fill out the form on the internet and then their information gets captured into like our database. Then the quote unquote digital assistant who's completely computer generated would reach out to this person and say, Hey, I'm Maggie's personal assistant. And I'm what, what can I help you with? Can I help you with some information? And that digital personal assistant would extract information and speak to this person as a human being, as my assistant, 
and say like, oh, I can let me talk to Maggie and let me see if like she can get you set up with a showing. But this house has three bedrooms, two bedrooms, blah, blah. Like it would just kind of like have a conversation like a human being mm-hmm. with a human being. And then like I would get a notification that would say like, you got a you got a lead name Rich and he's interested in seeing this house and this is his information and pre-approval or whatever like go for it. And so like a lot of people in my company like found success using that, but in the end it wasn't it didn't replace the human connection that actually connecting with someone like me would do. Yeah. So in that sense, like, you know, that was a newer technology several years ago before ChatGPT was even on the horizon, but things like this have existed for many years before now and they are evolving. And I do think there's ways that they can improve our life. Would I love a digital assistant? Heck yes. That (laughs) like would make life so much easier if I had somebody who was like, sending invoices for me and responding to emails for me and stuff. But like, I haven't figured out a sophisticated way to replace me yet. So until then, I'm not super worried about like my industry, although never say never. I know, I know the real estate industry is changing dramatically. If you read the news, you can learn about it. <laughs> okay, well, stay tuned for next episode yeah. where Maggie talks about all the ways that the real estate industry is changing <laughs> dramatically and rapidly. Yes, I mean, <laughs> and maybe, how all but... realtors are going to be replaced by robots yeah. in, by the by the end of twenty twenty four. I totally made that up, <laughs> <laughs> lying, totally lying. Uh, although that would be an interesting thing to hear you speak on is different ways that you are seeing your industry shaped by AI mm-hmm. or just other uh, other things because that's your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, no, that's great perspective. That's great perspective. I actually think now that you say that, I wonder if I recently, um, I recently went on a website for a listing, uh, a commercial listing, a business, a restaurant space. And I got a, ch- I got a text from, someone who wasn't the listing agent Mm -hmm. but it like walked me through some stuff it could have been a person it had a name they had i presumed i was talking to a person but i could have been talking to a robot and didn't even know it and then the listing agent did personally reach out you probably were talking to a robot that's crazy dude because they probably introduced themselves i didn't even hi i'm sally i'm not gonna pull that up but yeah that's what that's what we I'll show use. That to you later. Yeah, please do. That's cool. That uh, that was Capital Real Capital Realty or something. I don't know if you would know what tools people are using, hmm. but um, needless to say, I didn't buy the building, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a good deal, though. Pretty sure it was a good deal. <laughs> so, all right, you're you're making you're making good points as usual. You know, I think that. we've kind of been saying the same thing at this point. I don't know if, I don't know if we've said enough about like what AI is and what AI does. Not that this is the podcast for that. Like maybe we can 
if if we get a chance to write a description on this particular episode, we can like link the up the podcast, like the sure. ones I texted you, kind of yes. thing. Um, link our references for this because those are really informative for understanding AI and generative um, intelligence on like a broader scale, a little bit more like the nuts and bolts. How does it work? And you know, how do we understand what it's doing kind right. of thing, introduction to the topic. That's what I listen to a lot of to prepare for these conversations. But funny enough, as we've had this conversation twice now, I find myself just kind of going to the same places with that, you know, which is like, how do we relate to it? How should we relate to it? And and then maybe more specifically, like, what can it do in, in our businesses? Yeah. I don't know what it can do in my business other than on that marketing front. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really practical ways that it can go into your business. But, you know, until I want to be replaced by a robotic arm that just sits on a counter and like makes your drinks for you, um, I don't really know how to to replace making coffee with with a robot, you know? Mm-hmm. There's there's different ways to, and then I don't what I don't know the difference too. Well, maybe I do. I think there's a difference between like using an app to order ahead and cutting out that like time taken to talk to a human and wait in line kind of thing. That's different from yeah. AI. You know, using AI in uh in something that's 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 a digital mm-hmm. tool or platform for me to get like speedier, more efficient yep. service and still get the same product that's going to be made by you physically. It's just like going to cut out some, some of the features of yeah, that experience Rich, for me. What about that's this? not artificial intelligence. So there's I different agree. things. What about this? What about like you have a coffee shop, storied coffee, and you have certain supplies that you need to keep in stock like coffee. What if you had a like smart shelf or a smart fridge that was linked to your Amazon account or your restaurant depot account or whatever. And it was like, Rich, I noticed you were low on decaf espresso. So I added it to your cart and it's going to be delivered tomorrow. Would that make your life easier? It has the potential that that platform has the potential to make one's life easier. I'm smirking. I know you cannot see my face right now. (laughs) I'm smirking because I'm giving the, come on, are you kidding me face? Because (laughs) you are one of, sometimes one of the most like scattered people. (laughs) I know, Rich, you Uh, are, you really are. And I know for a fact that something like that would make your life easier. If you didn't have to think about it anymore. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great system to be honest. Something like that could work exceedingly well. And I think that's the future of, that's how AI can improve our lives. I don't think an AI is going to replace you, the shop owner, or Abby, or any of your other baristas. There's no replacement for a human interaction. But wouldn't you love to not have to run around every Monday and Tuesday to all these different restaurant stores to pick up supplies? Wouldn't it be great if you had like an AI system that could make your shopping so much easier and have it delivered and you could have more time to do other things that you love? 
I mean, I have to say yes, but the caveat is that when you run, when you're, when you're in a position like me, where you have to pinch pennies Mm -hmm. to put it, to to give you a way to think about it. Mm -hmm. You have to have the whole system work out. And maybe it would. Maybe it would, right? Because time is money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go that route, then you could you could kind of argue it that way. But when you have stuff delivered, it costs more than when you can go get it directly. And so it's a bigger equation than simply this. So I'm not, in other words, I'm not saying no at all to yes. that sort of system. That's a great application of AI. But from the small business owner's perspective, to give you a reason why someone might have a hard time adopting something like that or adapting to something like that is like it's not it's not as simple as plugging in plug and play with with uh, a tool like that. You probably have to buy the software first of all, um, or the plugin or like whatever. Like to to bring that system in, then it's going to take the time to. Um, sync all of your inventory and stuff with it because there's there's always going to be some kind of like startup process, mm-hmm. right? And then you got to balance the costs of having stuff delivered versus picking it up yourself. Mm-hmm. So maybe those things like come out, maybe those things are washed in the end and it is kind of like you save time, you save, you save stress, mm-hmm. <laughs> you save money. And... If you can just make that front end investment, then it'll pay off. So maybe that's it. But I'm giving you a reason why someone like me might be averse to something like that. It's because it represents a huge obstacle that I'd have to Mm -hmm. make up time or, or like sacrifice something else to come up with the resources to be able to implement a system like that. Yeah, And that includes accounting for how I'm going to, um, sustain how it's going to balance out and sustain long term, you know. So whenever there's like a good idea or some cool feature that can help a business or small, you know, could help a small business. Like often, I think people struggle to implement those things because they're cost prohibitive, right. whether that's financial cost or time cost or whatever. So to make that to make this whole thing really practical to a small <laughs> like on the small business perspective right this is why corporations they just the rich get richer it's like they've got that economy of scale kind of thing Mm -hmm. in their favor and they can some of them are literally the ones developing this technology are these these businesses you know so anyway yeah yeah i think i think that's that's a good point but it's like how do how do little people latch on to stuff stuff like that that that's a great question. How do the little people latch on to stuff like this? And like, I'm not saying we have the answer right here, right now. If our audience does, we'd love to know. That would be a great like follow up email or something to us. I don't know. I don't have the answer. How do the little people latch on and take advantage of these these systems? And and that's that's a bigger question for another time. Yeah, I think. Because you could you could ask that question, you could ask that question a hundred 
times mm-hmm. about a hundred different things for your business. There's so many great resources out there for any business at any time. And it's like, well, why don't you have this? Why don't you do this? It's like, bro, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I just don't right now. I don't do have use, it. Don't have it in me. Do you use um, like Amazon lists or do you, do you use like Siri or like a, like, hey, Alexa, add this to my shopping list or hey, add that. Do you use that in your or is everything on paper and pen or your hand? Nailed it. <laughs> I was you, 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 you got there before I could, but I have a Sharpie in my pocket. Literally, your hand says soup in big letters <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. So didn't want to forget to order soup yesterday. <laughs> you wouldn't have to write on your hand if you had like a, a, you know, Here's the thing. List. All right, this is not where I saw this conversation going, but Siri has never been, worked for me, and I don't have the time to figure out how to make Siri work for me. It's hey like Siri. it's like it should just work. Add soup to my grocery list. <laughs> hey Siri, add soup to my grocery list. Thinking. I didn't find a grocery list. Do you want to create one? Yes. Yes. Okay, now we've got a pop-up here. It says reminders at the top. Yep. It says grocery with a little bubble for soup. Mm-hmm. And a button that I can press that says change. But I yep. won't, I don't think I'll change it. Okay. It's in your reminders app. Okay, so now I have to adopt, now I have to develop a whole new system where I open my phone and look at my reminders app. You don't even have to open your phone, Hey, Rich. Siri. Remind me to check my reminders app. Okay, I added it. Okay, thanks. Now I have a new reminder on my reminders app that's a bubble that says check my reminders app. That's not that's not exactly what I Rich, envisioned. How many times a day do you look at your phone? <laughs> Countless. <laughs> Countless times. I'm not trying to be a, a I'm not trying to be like, um, what's the word? Like, uh, you want me to form a new habit? Yeah. Yeah, because that's the way you think. I, you read that book, and think. that's what you do now. That's how, that's <laughs> that is how I think. <laughs> but like, I mean, this this conversation is is definitely not over. But I just think that sometimes. We, as humans, make life harder on ourselves than we need to. And I think there are great tools out there that can help us. And that's why I say, like, I operate in the gray in all areas of my life. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely don't disagree with you. I think... I think there's there's probably deeper things that go on in our lives too when it's I think it's a mindset thing. I think there's a For lot of sure. mindset stuff yes. that goes on where For it's just sure. like look, this is I'm I'm on my grind, all right? And I just I grind it out and I just make it work. And For sure. I've got my systems and they're like the way the way that they work for me. And I'll never be able to scale or like get on top of this thing, but I'm just resigned to this lifestyle, which 
which works for me, you know. <laughs> that is a mindset. And it's a mindset thing. And you have to have a reason to break out of that, which I do. I have a lot of reasons to break out of that kind of thing. But like the whole workaholism deal, just just trying to like make it happen the way you think it needs to happen rather than the way like it should happen. You know, working harder instead of working smarter is a mindset. So you're not wrong, dude. If you're calling me out, then... I'm calling you out. <laughs> that's... uh. That's fine. But yeah, it's, 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 it's something, I'm, I it's think this think is especially like such good timing for me because of this life transition that I'm in right now. Yeah, like you got no time to back, waste. Bring it back to our conversation at the beginning. It's like hashtag mom life, you know, like trying to make the most. And like, that's not even a, like, I'm, I say that with like quotations and like kind of like with a smile because, you know, this, <laughs> I have no experience at all whatsoever. So, but I'm, I'm trying to think, okay, how can I still make the most of my day now that I have a 12 year old living with me and how can I make my life easier? And I want to make life smarter, not harder, especially if I am now an example to this kid that's living with me. Yeah. That's a great question. And that's very much a part of their life right now. Mm -hmm. Like they don't know a life without ChatGPT and AI. Yeah. So... If I'm you gotta like, know it. we got to know it. It's not going away. That's that's an angle that we are. That's an angle I didn't expect to explore. <laughs> this from is like parenthood and uh, and how you know. Me neither, to be honest. Right, right, right. Exactly. But that's funny. It's like we have to understand these things. We can't afford not to understand these exactly. things. Exactly. As parents. Exactly. In the world, because our kids are going to be growing up with this stuff mm-hmm. and ever more presently. So it's I like, want to know more about it now than I ever have because of the situation. I don't even want to, it's not a situation. It's, it's, it's a privilege because of the privilege I have to have a kid now. Yeah. Oh, well, Okay. We gotta start a new podcast. <laughs> no, we're not starting a new podcast. House coffee at home. <laughs> and again, I, this we can talk. I'm 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 fine. Like talking about like kids stuff. I've never been opposed to that because yeah. obviously Oliver is amazing. Your son, and but like I just you know this has been something we. Yeah. So no, yeah, it's, it's a brand the, new it's dynamic. A, it's a brand new dynamic, but also like it just because I want to also say like just because there's a kid in in my home now doesn't mean I've all of a sudden had these like you know revelations about it. Yeah. I just think even more. I'm like, oh, okay. I maybe maybe I was a little bit indifferent to it in the past, sure. but now and like you know used some of the useful tips and and tricks that were available to me for my business but even more so now I'm like oh I gotta I gotta know more about this stuff because 
it's affecting multiple areas of my life now, not just my business. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. That's a great point. And I think I, well, okay. You, you made a statement about, you made a statement about how, you know, now, how can you make your day count? Yes. Yes. Yep. When, because there's, there's other people who your time affects now. Right. In specific ways. Yeah. And also because I can't they be making dinner be at eight o'clock at night anymore. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, and I've been asking myself for the last nine months the same thing. It's like, how do I, like, I take all of our two restaurant depot with me on Mondays because Monday is like my day with them. Right. And I'm just like, how do I work all this together? But also, you know, when he was born, I had to take three months away from the, from storied. And I was like, okay, can this place exist without me? And the staff at that time were amazing and made it happen. So yeah, but also, you know, it's like, how do we make it? everything shifts? Everything mm -hmm. shifts for yeah for different reasons. Because we different still want to make money. <laughs> yeah, need to. At the end of the day, right? That's that's never like we've always been transparent about that. It's like our businesses exist to make money, so we can live our lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out. Um, so one of these days, <laughs> mine will do that, probably. No, you're on your way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 2024, it's the year. <laughs> it's the year <laughs> of starting. 2024, we're coming for you. Me and the robots, yeah. we're going to take it on, dude. <laughs> well... We gotta wrap this thing up for the sake of time, but for sure, dude. I like talking about this stuff. Um, there's so much good content on this. I feel like this whole this I could talk for a long time about all the different things. This is the first episode we really researched heavy for because yeah. it was a topic we didn't know anything about, but right. wanted to talk about. We've done that. We've kind of like a, taken that approach in the past, but not as in depth. Like I listened to like ten podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> to, to to have this conversation and that felt enriching mm -hmm. and um and everywhere i look there's a new every every newsletter i subscribe to or every like everything i listen to now is like or every podcast i subscribe to everyone's got an episode on ai at this point yeah. you know it's the kind of thing that's not going anywhere it's always going to be kind of in the in the atmosphere now i think you know, there's a lot of takeaways. Take what you will from this conversation because we, huh. we covered a lot of ground. But I, I think at the end of the day, the what what I gleaned, if I was going to summarize all of the podcasts I listened to, I already did it. I basically already said it. I'll say it again. The AI tools are can be really great tools to enhance creativity, to maybe start the creative process in areas mm -hmm. that you're stuck. Um, there's a lot of different things out there to get you going and get stuff flowing for your work. Really, whatever you have going on, there's probably a tool for it. And some of it's free. I don't know about things that cost money because I don't have that. But um, the, the key, though, is to not let AI like be everything, but rather to take it and and kind of elevate it with your own personal touch. Bring your 
personality to bear on it. Bring your your like creative um, lens to curate or mm-hmm. just like cultivate the the product that is given offered to you by AI. You know, it's like a good maybe a way to think about it is like AI can be a great rough first draft sure. for a lot of things you have going on, but um, it might need to be pared mm-hmm. down or or corrected or just like made to work for yeah. you. And at the end of the day, and this is the, this is the other takeaway from all those podcasts for me was that there is going to be human aversion. So like if you are offering stuff to your people, to your clients, your customers, your community, if you're offering stuff that's kind of like AI generated, they are going to want to know that it it had your hand on it, that it came right. ultimately came from you. You ultimately made the final decisions about it. Like people don't want, this is, was like the result of all these studies. People don't want AI generated stuff at the end of the day. Yeah. People want human generated stuff. And even if you give them AI generated stuff, they want to believe it was human generated. Yes. Uh, and so you, you kind of need to do that for the greatest success in your in your work, yeah. however you're using AI. Yeah. That was my big takeaway from it's a good takeaway. from all of those things. Um, but we'll, I want to get you to all that list of those episodes because I think yeah. you would come away with the same. You, you hear where I'm coming from and how I developed these thoughts based on a lot of the threads of conversation that different people are having. I think we could end it with something you said before we started recording, which is humans aren't going anywhere. <laughs> humans aren't going anywhere, dude. So, yeah. But AI tools are very useful and you should embrace them. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Love y'all. Later. Later.